Support for this podcast comes from Arzell HVAC Zoning Technology. Arzell has been producing innovative zoning systems for over 35 years. We manufacture the highest quality HVAC zoning equipment from our factory in Cleveland, Ohio. Innovation, customer service, and outstanding products backed by a lifetime warranty are why so many contractors only use Arzell Zoning. We offer easy-to-install solutions from a basic two-zone system all the way up to the most difficult zoning applications. For more information, go to arzellzoning.com or contact Annette Justice at Annette at arzellzoning.com. Welcome to The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends across North America. I'm so thankful you're here. As a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice. Today's show is another SGI monthly member panel. Now, these are interactive live programs where an SGI coach joins me and other SGI members to discuss a particular topic. This monthly member panel featured Brent Garrett from Sirius Plumbing and Air Conditioning in Dallas, Texas, Ryan Kersey from Tingley Home Services in Natick, Massachusetts, and our very own Patty Myers from Success Group International. Now, among the three of us, we discussed how to budget and build a strategic plan heading into a new fiscal year. Now, this is obviously a really relevant topic as most of you are moving into a new fiscal year, 2022. And we, amongst the, the four of us, truly dug into some best practices that you can implement to ensure you set yourself up for success as you move into 2022. So, uh, hey, as a quick aside, Brent had some technical difficulties. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you won't see his face, but you'll hear his voice. Uh, he was able to, to join us a bit after we got started, but we're definitely glad he did as he offered lots of great insight. So with that being said, here's my discussion with Brent Garrett, Ryan Kersey, and Patty Myers as we discuss budgeting and strategic planning. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. We are here for a monthly member panel. We are going to be talking about strategic planning, very apropos given this time of year and a new year, hard to believe, right around the corner. Uh, we have three tremendous panelists who are here to, to, to discuss this topic with me. Uh, the first is Mr. Ryan Kersey from Tingley Home Services in Natick, Massachusetts, which is just outside the Boston area. And Ms. Patty Myers from our own Success Group International. All right, well, we are just going to move forward with the uh, with the two of you. We've got more than enough stuff to cover in an hour to do, to do so. So appreciate you guys being here. Thanks again for everyone that's taking the time to, to log in. Um, Again, our topic is strategic planning. Um, again, good time of year to be doing this. Um, so let's let's go ahead and just dig in. When we're talking about strategic planning, we're really out, out, out to, you know talking about budgeting and determining priorities for the next year. Uh, Ryan, at Tingley, when do you many start planning for the for the next year? Is in you know is it is it now or is it kind of throughout the year steadily? Uh, it's it starts now. Uh, we do a lot of our planning now. Um, we try and uh, at least get an idea of where, what direction we're going in, um, starting so that when we kind of put ourselves into the task, it's mid-October, early November that we're, we're really setting the budget then. Mm -hmm. Do you guys like lock yourselves away for an hour or two a week and, and just handle it incrementally? Or do you just take a week and go, look, we're getting, we're deep, you know, unplugging from the business to really focus on, on the next year or what's your process? Uh, so we've done it uh, a couple of different ways. Staying in the office and doing a couple hours doesn't work. 
uh, for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually rented uh, one of those rent an office locations for a month, and cool. uh, twice twice a week uh, I would spend eight hours a day um, in that office, uh, just sitting there and working on budget type wow. stuff. That's great. That's a commitment, Patty. I, you, I mean, obviously you're not running a business right now, but you work with hundreds and hundreds of members. You've obviously done this process with SGI and other businesses. What was your process like with, with budgeting? What, what did you prefer to do? Sure. So there's no wrong or right. It really what is what fits you and fits the schedule and fits your resources. And so typically, at least when I would work on budgets and myself and my team, uh, we always had a deadline. Of we had to have the first run completed by November 1st, first run. Of course, there's always going to be tweaks uh, that are, are made to it after that. And sure. We were always hoped to have the next year's budget 100% completed by the end of November. Uh, how we managed it? Well, I'm more of a <laughs> girl, uh, meaning I would look at it for two to three hours a day. And okay. then after that, I am better to step away from it and okay. then visit it the next day. Yeah. Um, however, you know, you get very little done in the office. and mm-hmm. I for myself and yep. anybody who's working on a budget recommend you leave the office yep. because turn your phone off uh, because I'm telling you those little interruptions will create frustration in trying to get your budget uh, rolling and and completed and the interruptions just cause double time to get your budget done because when you're interrupted then you you, you lose your train of thought right they go back to it and you have to pick up where you were and try to you know put that together so off campus so to speak out of the office and yeah. then, um, Ryan saying he likes to really charge at it for many hours at a time and and myself I do bits and pieces of timing yeah. and yeah. it's across the board between our membership mm-hmm, for sure right Ryan Windsor's done is it done by November end of November or when do you guys like yeah it? Yep, we try and get it done uh, right around Thanksgiving, first part of December. There you go. So enjoy that holiday. Um, oh, hey, I forgot to mention everyone um, as we were getting going. If you have any questions for the panelists, there is a, a box for you to type in questions. Please do so as we have this discussion in the last 10 minutes or so. I'll be sure to, to bring those up. So fire away. Don't No need to hold on to them as we go. Um, all right. Wonderful. Um, so as, like, Brian, as, as you're trying to determine what your financial goals are, are for next year for 2022. How far back in your company history do you kind of go to try and judge what you're going to do in the future? Um, is it pretty far back, or, or what do you guys prefer to do? Uh, so it used to be uh, pretty far back. We go a couple of years. Um, I remember building the budget uh, in 2019 for 2020. Yep. And we literally shredded that in March because of the pandemic. Uh, so oh. now we don't have great data for 2020. Oh, sure. Um, so, uh, it's kind of a leap, leapfrog sort of year and, and we've yeah. got to adapt. Um, but we, we, we do take history into consideration, but not a, a ton of history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, I just got a quick text. Brent, can you hear me? Brent? Uh, my you hear me. Yeah, Brent, are you muted? He could hear me. He said, good. Now I can hear you. Brent, if you can figure out how to turn that on, we'll, we'll bring you in. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, Patty, what would you say when, uh, you know, um, trying to, to project out how far back do you recommend clients go uh, to determine what they should build for the next year? 
Right. And that's, again, not a one size fits all. Um, I always take current year. So it would be 2021 and then 2020. Um, Because if you start going too far back, it's almost moot because your goal, sometimes you're growing in leaps and bounds, uh, depending on the situation. And sometimes you're not growing in leaps and bounds. So I always kept it within a two year frame because I thought that that gave me plenty of information. Now, if you have unique situations going on in your company where you're a little bit of a roller coaster because sure. different things going on, such as COVID, if you're in roofing, you have unique storms that are coming through. So there is, again, not one size. Don't you just love the way I answer things? I don't yeah. I answer it directly. I know, but I am answering it directly. I'm just giving you the experience that I have through all numbers. And yeah. so don't be afraid to go back. But be careful, don't go back too far because it becomes, it can become a waste of your time. You want to stay in present day as much as possible for building your future. Right, right. Very good. All right. When we talk about budgeting, obviously the top line number is the one that's the most fun to start talking about, right? First. So, so Ryan, how, how far do you, do you, you know, you and Vinny are sitting there, you're like, we can push another 20%, 30%. Or, or what do you, what do you guys, how do you like to approach that top line number uh, year, year after year? Uh, it, we we use percentage. Twenty um, percent is amazing. Fifteen um, percent is average, and ten percent. Well, okay, <laughs> we'll try again next year. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we 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 tried twenty percent. I mean, we again adding another trade. We knew it was going to be much bigger than that next year. Um, so right. we're taking that into consideration. Right. So so yeah. So starting a new trade. So for those tuning in that don't know, Tingley added. Uh, when did uh, the HVAC officially start? Uh, June, July area. Oh, wow. So it's, it's soon. So when, when you were budgeting for that, what, you know, cause this is a topic we hear all the time. People want to add a trade and, you know, we've got the client base and we think we can do it. So planning purposes, how did you, how did you budget for this next six months? Uh, so we, we, we actually budgeted for a loss. We, we knew we would take a loss. Um, yeah. and, and the one thing that someone told us in, in SGI, I can't remember who said, Whatever you think it's going to cost you, just double that loss. And, and, and we did. And yeah. it's, it's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you're, but you're seeing, you're seeing the right things now, though. Yeah. We're, 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 we are seeing the right things. We got everyone trained. Um, probably not a hundred percent trained, but we're trying to get through the season and then we'll train them more. Right. What were the biggest loss items? Was it just the training and, and bringing high, hiring people? That uh, that obviously are producing revenue right away and, and getting to, to up to your standards through training, or, or where were the other areas of loss? Other areas of loss for that was uh, bringing in new equipment, new vehicles that weren't running right away. Um, sure. We brought in a manager uh, to help build the price book, mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, build the system um, and recruit the right people. So those are all until we start producing revenue. Those are all all losses in the beginning. Sure, sure. Now, now, when you're when you're projecting, um, you know, say revenue on the electrical side, something they've been doing for a long, long time and doing it very well. Do you try and, and you know break out what you know, you hope to better average tickets? Do you try to boost closing percentages, and that's going to be the reason for the growth, or is it just you know we got to add a couple more electricians and trucks and find the calls for, it, and that's how we're going to boost our our revenue? What what approach do you guys take? Yeah, we we know that um, our average tickets are pretty average across the board. So it's really adding more technicians and trucks. Um, we know what each truck should run every year. 
Right. Uh, you know, for us, it's between 500 and 650,000. So if we can, you know, we know that if we bring a truck even on the low end, they're going to be at 500,000. And right. that's kind of how we budget that, right. that or figure out the, the revenue for that year. Our, our average tickets, for the most part, are across the board um, the same. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Patty, hey, Bob, I think I'm with you now. Hey, there we go. Hey, Brent. Oh, no, it's good to hear your voice. Sorry for the technical issues. It's good to hear you. No worries. Yeah, well, let's 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 bring you into this. So uh, in your budgeting process, uh, when you're building out for Sirius uh, the next year, um, how do you guys approach sales? I mean, is it just looking back the last couple of years and then saying, hey, I want to hit, grow another 15 or 20 percent? Or what's your approach? Yeah, I would tell you our approach is not to just pull a percentage out of the air. What we do is a zero-based budget. We will um, start with the org chart and staffing. We'll pull all of our historical numbers probably back two years. We'll throw out any anomalies that we have, maybe a big job here or there that would be a one-time event in a certain month. And then we build from the truck. I think I'm, I heard somebody talk about adding adding text. Um, so we would layer our sales. and. I typically, uh, unless we're in a growth mode or we're a strategic growth mode, we're going to budget for somewhere or shoot for somewhere between 10 to 15%. We don't want to outgrow our ability to maintain our culture. Mm-hmm. And we also don't want to lose our service offering. So mm-hmm. we want to keep the, tra- the training up with the, with the growth. Mm-hmm. Very good. And and when you're projecting for growth, is it just you're just hoping, you know, you're, you're budgeting it off of uh, adding additional people or trying to hope for better performance through additional training? What do you what do you? Guys yeah, think? well, so so we would look at consumer price index. Um, obviously, we're this year we're in some really strange material costs. <laughs> so um, I, we would we would assume that if we aren't at least keeping up with CPI, then we're going backwards. So mm-hmm. three to five percent growth is just a baseline. That we have to do that. Now, there's a number of different ways, um, but it probably starts from looking at our pricing and then we look at staffing. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I would say anything beyond anything below five percent uh, growth. Um, and this year is just going to be a really weird one for us. So. For sure. Very good. Thank you, sir. Uh, Patty, when you're working with with people uh, building out their budgets and, and projecting revenue into a new year, what do you what do you coach them in terms of how to, you know, plan for growth, but not, you know, ridiculous growth where they're, they're not going to hit their budget? How do you kind of talk people through what's reasonable uh, year to year? Sure. So if I'm working with a, a member who um, has the, let's say they're doing $300,000 in sales, I know that sounds low, but we start somewhere, right? And if sure. they're doing 300000 sales, guess what? We're not going to grow 20% above 300000 We're going to double it, right? Sure. It depends on where my member is that I help uh, give ideas and suggestions and help them manage through that. But if are a reasonably sized company uh, sales wise, then typically we do like to see you between 15 and 20% growth every year. Um, with the exception of if you're adding a new portfolio, if you're adding a new trade, then that's a whole different ball game. But I'm talking about consistency with whatever trade they have been in for many, many years. So yeah. we 15, 20% top line growth. And then we back into that with our people, average tickets, et cetera. Right, right. Yeah, for for someone like you know Ryan and Tingley, they're they're hitting all cylinders on the electrical side. You know, Ryan, you're not going to juice your tickets too much more. 
at this. But but newer members that are that are watching that don't have the training down, you know, if you get that in place, you can probably expect that performance to increase and that be a big driver, not just the addition of, of techs and, and trucks. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, so, all right. So sales matters, but obviously it only matters if we get to keep some of it. Right. Gross margin is where it's at. Um, big thing, labor. Uh, Ryan, how do you guys kind of keep an eye on, on overtime and, and stuff like that so it doesn't get out of control? I know, you know, getting an HVAC, those summer months can get really, really hairy. Um, what do you what do you guys do? Uh, so, I mean, we are a unique company for a couple of reasons. We don't do um, a ton of overtime. Our, our average um, technician probably works 45 to 48 hours a week in the yeah. busy season. Uh, we don't have on call 24 hours, seven service. Like when we're home, yeah. we're home. Uh, yeah. Our installed crew will work, you know, 10 to 12 hour days in the real busy season. Uh, so it's really we're, we're watching two two people as opposed to yeah. 20. Right. That's right. You guys made that a priority early on. Now, if I remember that you did, you wanted to be mindful of people's uh, so you didn't have the turnover. Yep. Yep. That's Absolutely. Great. That's great. That's great. Brent, how about you with, with you know, monitoring and, and budgeting for overtime and making sure that doesn't get out of control? You do plumbing and HVAC for those that are. Are tuning in and just listening. How do you kind of keep an eye on that number uh, in building uh, your budget out? Well, we certainly track it on at the manager level, but um, our our company is a full, we we have a four three schedule, so we have staggered schedules. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't work on Sunday, um, but so they get their time in, and then we we want the the technician to be very aware of what his labor percentage is right. um, to his revenue. So. As long as they're in twenty at twenty to twenty two percent labor percentage, then we don't mind paying the overtime. But they also are educated and understand through training that if they're getting paid an overtime rate, what they're what they're billing it also goes up. Right. Um, so, and I would typically say we don't we don't we don't go over over in overtime maybe a few hours. Per pay period, yeah. and yeah, and we pay twice a month, so yeah, that's great. How do you educate your people on on labor percentages and why that's important? You mentioned that, so I got to grab a hold of it. Uh, is it just bringing it up during training meetings or, or company wide meetings? Uh, what's that conversation look like? Well, they sign a document that says that their material costs not to exceed um, a certain percentage, and their labor's not to exceed that, and um, that's on the SGI hub. It's one of the first things I grabbed a hold of when I joined, and um, and it it's great to reference them back to that. If we've got a performance improvement program, we remind them of that, and yeah. um, and then and then we will typically hear from that individual. Well, here's my story, and this is why. And then we would point them to Bill, Joe, and Sam, who aren't in that same situation. Maybe go talk to them, see what they're doing that you're not. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Patty, what do you when you talk with again, there's a lot of a lot of HVAC contractors and that just they're they're hitting it hard during the summer and and everyone's working long hours. How do you kind of budget for that? That overtime? I mean, is there anything you can do? Is it just historical trends or or you should you try and get away from that altogether and just start adding staff? What what do you what do you tell people? Sure. Well, there is a typically there's a historical trend, right? You can go. Like if you're managing your financials on the accrual basis, you're going to really see your historical trend of what's going on through your profit and loss statement. And, you know, we just um, 
you know, it, it's kind of tough on many business owners in our trades. Um, yes, they're trying to budget for it, but at the same time, there's so many unexpected things that happen each and every year. And so what a lot of members will do is they'll keep an eye on the current period. So it, you plan a little bit based upon trend, right? Your budget. But when you're in the month live and you're realizing I've gone a whole month and my, my overtime labor is, it's, it's high and it doesn't yeah. seem down, that's when you have to pause for a second. And two things. One, um, do we need to add more manpower? And maybe it is a time now you start hiring and you get another person in because you, it's not it's not a cyclical thing. You are definitely an uprise of, of sales growing in your company. Yeah. Um, or you know what? If you don't have the ability to hire another person or two to manage all those calls that are coming in, Perhaps you even consider reducing your advertising a little bit at that particular time. Nothing mm -hmm. worse than spending all those advertising dollars to get your phone to ring and only to tell customers you cannot get to them for two weeks and they what? go somewhere else. Sure. So, sure. so you, you budget based upon your trend. And I love what both these two gentlemen shared, how they manage it. Um, see, I'm, I learn every time I talk to a member, I learn a little something. A little something. Sure. Um, yeah. but, but then being in it live, you have to act on your toes quickly because if your overtime is out of control, we know what overtime out of control can do to your bottom line. hundred percent. I'm just going to say, you probably see it all sorts of all the time working with members. That's the, that's a big killer. Um, that's why I wanted, wanted to bring it up. So uh, obviously other, the other interesting component this year has been materials real normal year. Right. Uh, so Ryan, how are you, how are you guys continually budgeting for material costs and dealing with all this rapid inflation? moving into 2022 and then to piggyback on that how have you been monitoring it uh this year i mean who, whose job is it to, to watch the uh you know those those plinko numbers just keep popping up i feel like it changes constantly our, our, our service manager um keeps a good eye on it constantly and uh, communication with the suppliers um as to what's going on the trends uh sometimes we've purchased early sometimes we've waited to see if they'll come down um if we're not you know, we don't need a ton of it. Um, one of the things we have done with our technicians is uh, with the price book, if they have a long run, uh, especially with the electrical wiring, which is oh yeah, unbelievable right now. Yeah, um, they start breaking down the jobs so that they can add some more uh, money into it. So you know, rather than yep. saying you know a circuit's a level two, well the circuit's a level two, but then the box is this and the outlet is this, and really break down the job to to bring it up to get to the right price for the material. Yep. Um, it's it's been an ongoing battle for months now. Um, yeah, what's that? What's that training process been like? How, I mean, how far advanced were you? Was it a daily thing? Like we need to start breaking down jobs. It can't be like what we've done in the past. I mean, I, I guess that's the benefit of weekly weekly training and daily huddling, right? Yeah. So yeah, we train twice a week. So we're we're constantly yeah. talking about um, you know where the for us it's wire. Uh, that's our biggest thing is wire. That's a big one. Uh, so we're constantly talking about them, about shortages of material, where the wire cost is, if it's gone up, if it's gone down, uh, what we should be looking out for. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been constant. Sure. Now, how how is that affected planning moving into the next year? I mean, you just go based on what the number figure It's not going backwards, right? And we're just going to work on no. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so we are taking, um, we're not taking last year's material costs as a whole. We're going we're gonna to take this year's and, and really, you know, figure for more inflation uh, within that that cost. So. Yeah, for sure. Very good. Um, 
Brent, how are you guys, uh, how do you budget for materials? I know in equipment, it's been, again, it's been squirrely for everybody. So how are you looking at that uh, moving into 2022? And then who's been monitoring that throughout this year and making sure, uh, you know, your, your prices reflect these, these increases? Yeah, this year, um, you know, here again, we talked about, you talked about gross margin. We're, we're targeting 20 to 22% on labor and 16 to 22% on uh, materials. We're clearly in that 22 range on materials. So we've got a five point spread there. We're digesting the summer. Um, our service calls, so our effective rate's about 5% on service calls. Um, on our projects and our bigger jobs, that's where we're taking a closer look and we're job costing everything. It's getting reviewed yep. by, um, by managers because that's really where our big loss or gain would be. Um, and so we're focusing most of our effort on watching material purchases on our bigger jobs, projects, water heaters, gas lines, those types of things. Um, looking into next year, um, I'm reading everything I can get my hands on about um supplyflation which is the new term um that you know we've got boats sitting in harbors waiting to be unloaded and we don't necessarily see it going backwards but we do see a leveling out i just i don't think we want to respond or overreact to that um in 22 so we're probably looking at a two three percent increase at this point overall in material yeah yeah very good thanks brent Patty, what do you what have you been working with people that are that are budgeting and, and leaning on you? Um, what what, do you, what any kind of uh, recommendations might you have and how to handle and budget for materials given what our climate is today? So what I am seeing, which is bothering me now, I just heard excuse me, Brett and Ryan say some really good things on how to be focusing on this as we move into the future. So everybody on this call, you need to be listening to them because what I am hearing is. We're not doing anything with our pricing. We're going to ride out the storm. There is, you know, this storm is not going to end as far as prices starting to go down, which is basically what Brent said, right? He thinks it's going to slow down the inflation, the increase, but it's still, we're still going to be dealing with something here. Our prices are definitely not going to drop to what they were a year ago. And so I encourage all of the members listening to this today or in the future to to remember they have to pass on all cost of, of of doing business to their customer in the pricing and to just realize that that's something they're going to have to overcome mentally and right. this happened yeah you know got a point there patty brings something up and triggered something it more importantly than what's going on with material prices if if your company is in a leveraged position or you have a significant amount of debt that maybe you're financing some growth, it would be a great time to get that debt down. Because I think um, if there was ever a chance for some inflationary pressures from interest rates, what I'm reading is that it, the, the Fed chair doesn't want to talk about it. But I just I just think we're going to see some increases in interest Um because of inflation, trying to pull it off. So if you're in a debt position or you have a, a large um, growth debt, you might want to consider getting that down quickly. Yeah, no, that's good. Good piece of advice. Very, very good. Thank you, Brent. Um, obviously, if we are budgeting for more sales, we need to invest some in some advertising, right? I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know, I feel like the funds have been ringing for everybody pretty good 
but everyone's stuck at home with the pandemic. But um, how do you guys approach marketing uh, with with your companies in terms of what you're going to invest in and how much you're going to invest in it? Let's uh, Ryan, let's go ahead and start with you. What do you guys, um, you know, how, how do you digest and look at your cost per lead and all that good stuff to determine what you're going to spend in 2022? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, we track it very closely. Um, we, this year is like, it's been an anomaly because of adding the HVAC and trying to get that out there. Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, because everyone's home uh, or a lot of people are still home, we've gone back to the good old fashioned print marketing and sending out flyers and getting back to that, not relying just on the internet. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, we, we have picked up some radio, but that's more of a recruiting side. Uh, it's still marketing uh, because we're yes. getting our name out there, but it's it's 90% of it um, talks about recruiting and bringing in licensed techs. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our budget last year, two years ago, was 4.5%. Now we're all the way up to 7 or 8%. Okay. okay. And, and we're going to stay up at, at that level just because the amount of techs we have. Sure. Is on, I'm assuming online is your biggest driver, PPC? Yep, PVC is, is huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are people get, are calling off the flyers, or or is it is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, one, one of our good oh, ones is uh, Best Picture Report, which is just this stupid little white magazine. And uh, if you have it in your area, look for it. Um, the magazine looks foolish, and yeah. we get when the 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 marketing comes out, we probably get fifty five or sixty calls from that book really? uh, within the first month that it comes out. Yeah. Do you, do you discount in the piece or is it just a little branding piece and talk about the benefits of working with Ting? There's no pictures. There's it just says Tingling Home Services, Electrical HVAC, a couple of reviews and really you know, a little bit of our company history and that's it. And uh, wow. we get, yeah, we get, we get a lot of calls from that and it's that's surprising. It's simple. They, yeah. Now, how, now we track um, how much revenue you're getting off tickets that are generated by different marketing sources or, or do you not get that granular? Yeah, yeah, we do. Our, our software covers all that. All that down. Do you, which ones tend to be your your better your better leads? Is it still online, or are there other ones that are? The the paper looks huge. Um, yeah. and, and it goes back to the the way back when we did executive perspective. Your your existing customers are your biggest. You know, you have oh. to keep them happy. You, you just yeah. have to. <laughs> so, you know, we 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 send out a lot of marketing just to target our existing clientele um, and keep them informed as to what's going on with us. Is that postcards or is it email or what do you do for existing? Eh, everything. We do everything. postcards. Yeah, we do email. We we target um, phone calls, reverse you know reverse calling, all that. Yep. Yeah. How, now, how frequently are you outbound to to your current client base? Is it just when they sign for that inspection, or or just anytime no. you're slow and you look at unclosed jobs? Um, we we try and reach out to them. Um, I would say twice a year. Uh, okay. It, you know, there's no real rhyme or reason as to when we we decide to do it. Um, sometimes we're slow, sometimes we're not. We just we want to keep in touch. That's good. That's good. Is it just the conversation, just checking in on you, or do you ever have an angle when when calling? There, there's usually an angle. Uh, there's yeah. usually something. Uh, the HVAC was great. You know, it was a great <laughs> angle to throw out there. <laughs> yeah, you got into um, good industry for that right now. Yeah. Yeah, hurricane warnings, uh, ice storm warnings, uh, yeah. things like that. We, we'll do it. There you go. Very good. Thank you, sir. How about how about you guys? What do you budget for marketing uh, every year? Put loosely. Yeah. So typically, we've been at two to three percent company. We we grew fifty percent over prior year uh, two years ago. Yeah. And so we've been digesting that. Um, we've taken a little shift. We've upped our spend to about uh, five six percent. 
Okay. But zero in pay-per-click. Um, we're doing a lot of top-of-mind awareness advertising. <laughs> we're currently at a golf tournament right now. I'd feel off for this one, but we're doing a lot of local kind of ground stuff. Okay. But um, go, but but we've shifted our our spin to placement SEO. Okay. And um, we're ranking, I, I guess maybe the playing the long game in yeah. um, organic growth and and turning our heads toward Google local ads. Um, okay. And that has yep. been really really powerful for us. In fact, we've kind of had to pull the reins back a little bit on that um, to digest. We are. Our biggest challenge is not growth; it's um, staying staff and keeping up with with the demand. Actually, yeah, right, 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 for sure, for sure, absolutely. Uh, thank you, sir, Patty. When when you're talking with people about about you know advertising spend, again, it's been a unique couple of years. I feel like people maybe it's just I haven't talked to the wrong people, but I feel like they're not struggling with calls as much. And there's probably a, a, this thought that maybe I can dial back my advertising. What do you kind of what do you kind of tell people to plan for and budget for uh, with their advertising spend? Well, so, you know, we in our model, it depends on what portfolio you are, what training. We recommend 10, up to 10% of your gross sales for all portfolios, with the exception of the electrical. And, of course, remember, this is residential only. So, yeah. um, as far as discussing the marketing plan, I, I'm dangerous there. So, I say call <laughs> Um, <laughs> what, I, what I will talk to a member about is, and I love what Ryan said, right? And, and I have no doubt that Brent does this as well. They get pretty granular as far as tracking how the calls are coming in, what revenue they're earning from the calls to see if their marketing is still working. I've seen often enough where members set and forget, meaning they put their marketing in place, they're spending the dollars, but they're not tracking to make sure that it's still working and working the way they need it to work. So that's always my recommendation when it comes to the marketing piece, be tracking it. And I don't care if it's a piece of paper that you're putting tick marks on and then going adding up the dollars that are attached to the sales that were made, but don't spending advertising dollars for nothing. Support for this podcast comes from redesign.co. As an SGI member, you can receive a 100% fully optimized website that's hosted for free. Have a website you already like? Redesign.co can dramatically boost your presence on Google free for 90 days. Redesign.co also has a full-service digital marketing agency that can assist you with your online needs, including PPC. Call 208-261-9898 or visit sgileads.com for more information including to see how you can get a free consultation of your current website. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking to Brent Garrett from Sirius Plumbing and Air Conditioning in Dallas, Texas, Ryan Kerrissey from Tingley Home Services in Natick, Massachusetts, and Patty Myers from our own Success Group International. And we're talking about budgeting and strategic planning. It's been a hugely insightful conversation so far, and it's only going to get better. So let's jump back into my conversation with Brent, Ryan, and Patty. Uh, Ryan, I think we, we dabbled in this a little bit, but starting a new trade, um, you know, we've got more calls. We, we, we want to run more calls. We need more people. Let's talk about manpower a little bit. Um, how did you guys decide how many uh, HVAC service techs and that you're going to convert one of your electricians into a, a comforter by? Like, how did you, how, how did that process go for you in budgeting for this HVAC half season? Um, yeah, it, it, it took a lot of trial and error, to be honest. Um, you know, we, we realized the need for the comfort advisor, you know, even a few weeks into bringing in a manager and 
and the type of people we were bringing in on the service side on the HVAC was um, they weren't comfortable in sales or they didn't feel that they, you know, they, they could. So we had to, we had to act quick and sure. uh, Jason, our, our sales guy who also does our electrical sales uh, will sell anything to anyone uh, with some education. <laughs> so he, he's, he's amazing when it comes to that. So he is, he is. Yeah. Uh, so he sat with our, our HVAC manager in detail and learned the system different options um as for budget wise uh we knew what we were going to spend to get skipper running and it's kind of fallen into that budget yeah yeah now how when when you're budgeting for manpower say on the electrical side which you've been obviously doing for much longer um you know we you just say we're going to try and add three trucks and then we're going to hire them like how far in advance would you add somebody and and expect them finally to start generating revenue what's that what's that time uh We've had we've gone as quick as within three weeks. We we've had a couple of guys come in that were really really good um, and, and understood it. And we've gone as long as two months before we put someone out on the road. Um, it, it's all in the feel that we get. We we know pretty quick because we've been doing electrical for so long. If they're going to be able to do it quicker or learn the system quicker. Sure. Now now, how many apprentices do you guys have, or, or are they pretty uh, much treated? Yeah, so we're in a weird uh, area of the country. We have a four-year apprenticeship program before they can ever go on their own. That's right. So every electrician that we have has an apprentice with them to try and okay. get those hours in. Right, 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 right. <laughs> now, how, how many trucks are you in the electrical side now? Uh, six. Six trucks. Okay, so when, when you're t- speaking of like managers, you said you brought on an HVAC manager. Is there a number you're looking for? How many more trucks you're going to add on the electrical side before you might need a, a higher additional an additional service manager on the electrical side? Yeah, it's going to be one more truck, and then we'll have to start thinking about it. Okay, very good. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Brent, let's let's toss that question to you. When you're budgeting uh, for the next year and say, hey, boy, we really want to grow sales, and that means we're going to add some trucks, um, what's your lead time on, on when you try to hire that person, when you can expect uh, him or her to be productive and start generating revenue? Yeah, so our, our turn time is right at 30 to 40 days um, when we put them on the clock in terms of what we expect them to run at a, a level of any other tech they would spend two times with their two weeks with their team lead and then they would probably mirror another technician and then we would um, we'd crawl before we walk um, we we'd want them to to get two completed calls a day done the right way come back in debrief once we're comfortable with that will tend to go to three or four calls a day. Okay, very good. And, and do you guys utilize apprentices or how many do you have right now? Yes, absolutely. The way we're set up is, is that we don't have the traditional service manager. We have an assistant GM okay. that is responsible for managing two team leads on the service side. So, okay. so and a team lead would be uh, primarily sales. They have two jobs, take care of the customer and take care of the technician. Okay. And they would manage three to five people. So an assistant GM is, is pretty much office position, um, assisting sales. They're also doing the budgeting. Um, but okay. within each pod, we're going to yeah. have one to two apprentice. So okay. in that in that three to seven man team, um, they're going to be one or two apprentice that are doing lower level positions and assisting. They're not running in a truck with a service tech day in and day out okay 
it, it is that both trades? Is that both works with both trades? That's how you kind of yes, the, absolutely. Yeah, sorry to mention that. That that we think it's we believe it's scalable for um, that team lead concept. Um, I'm about 0 for 10 on turning a technician into a manager. So I decided to try a different path. Um, so, um, and it's working really well for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Very good. Very good. All right. Thanks, Brent. Um, Patty, anything to add in terms of, uh, you know, talking to people, Hey, I really want to grow and I know we need to add trucks and that means people and how far in advance they should consider adding those people and planning for when they, they should actually be able to generate revenue. Well, I really don't have a lot to say as far as the timing of that goes. Um, it's, you know, I just heard what these gentlemen had to say and it's, it's, you know, great information. And sometimes what I do is just talk and I to a specific member and I try to find out what's really going on in your company sure. and, and try to identify. So I don't have a whole lot more to add than yeah. has already been said. Very good. All right. Very good. All right, so we've got uh, you know we've got extra people they need to, to be able to drive a truck, right? So, how do you guys uh, budget for trucks? Uh, when do you let's how when do you retire trucks? Is that something? Uh, what's your policy over at Tingley, right? What do you guys typically expect? Uh, so we actually just pretty much retired our entire fleet this year. We have one right. one truck left. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it all happened, but it, over the last I'd say two years, we we, we turned over everything. So. But we're, we're more mindful now that we need those to run. We need a bigger truck. Um, around, we run a Sprinter now, um, as opposed to a, a standard van. Um, and, and we'll probably have each one for four years max, and then we'll turn it over again. Okay. Now, are you are did you buy them or are you leasing them? Everyone has an opinion on this. Uh, we're buying them. You're buying them. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, how about um, you know? I'll just go ahead and go down the list here. But with your building uh, now. Did, you guys just moved, right? Or am I getting you guys mixed up? You yeah, did we, just move. So when you were moving, what did you budget for this new this new building? You know, how much did you expect it would take of, of the, new, the new budget? So we we put a lot of technology into the new building. Uh, yep. we, we have a ton of technology. We have TVs everywhere. We have cameras. We have Wi-Fi. We have a training center. Um, and, and our previous building was like a starter building, so it didn't really cost a lot uh, to maintain. Um, so the one thing I would say, even not even monetarily, but if you think it's a big enough space, go two or three times bigger. Because a month into the space, we're we're almost outgrowing it. Well, we're we've been in here since October, but we realized in November, December, we we don't have enough room. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I hear that more and more, which I guess it's a good problem to have, right? So kind of sort of. Brent, how about you? What you what do you guys uh, what What's your the length of how long do you keep your trucks? Um, how do you how do you know when do you retire them? Well, it's typically 100k, um, and money's so cheap right now. Um, I hope it stays that way. But um, we'll fully finance our trucks, okay. and 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 I I'll go ahead and tell you we just at 100 just right at 100,000 miles we take them right over to Carmax. They write us a check and we go get another check. I mean I it is that simple and. Um, and uh, typically, we we carry one backup truck for each five trucks that we have, okay. and um, we tend to roll out. We're pretty religious about um, or methodical about our uh, maintenance and oil changes and all that kind of stuff. So that one that one backup truck just allows that tech to keep going 
for a couple of days when their truck's down. It's a it's a big deal for us. That's good. That's a good little nugget right there. Uh, what what do you guys budget for your facility expense? Um, typically three to four and a half percent. Um, we do not own our own building. I think um, we're we're looking at doing that in the next you know, probably three to five years. Sure. Um, so we would definitely want to be able to vertically integrate some of our SGNA um, as we get bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're you're obviously in an expensive market as well. So, real estate's not going not going down in the Dallas area, I think. <laughs> so, um, it's hotter than a firecracker in Dallas. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 nutty. Um, how about any other big capital expenditures? I mean, you guys do a lot of sewer work and and any of that kind of stuff. I mean, how do you uh, how do you budget out for for new equipment with stuff like that? You know, we'll just keep a ledger. Um, I, I'm just found other than I, I, I have not gotten into sewer lining, um, but cameras and and machines, you know, we'll just keep schedule. And, you know, we just got finished with corporate taxes, Patty. Thank goodness. Um, this is the 15th, isn't it? Signed yeah. all those documents. Yeah, I signed all that up. But we'll just keep a, we'll keep a schedule of that and we'll do it in QuickBooks and we'll earmark it. And send that to the accountant, and we'll we'll capex that. But usually, we'll accelerate the depreciation on that. What is that, Patty? You remember? What's, is that section one twenty five or one seventy nine? One seventy nine. Yeah, I'm not a tax accountant, but it, for tax purposes, one seventy nine allows you to depreciate your assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully. Smart thing to do for taxes. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anything over. Typically, anything over two thousand dollars, we're earmarking and we're giving that to the accountant at the end of the year. But uh, very good. So. Thank you, sir. Uh, Patty, any kind of just general advice in, in, in budgeting for trucks and hiring trucks and and trying yeah. to determine because so many it's it, it is a hugely hot topic. Uh, new facilities and you know yeah. I'm sure you hear it all the time and knowing what people can afford to to invest in those. Well, so you, well, a couple things you brought up when when do you I have. When is it time to buy a new truck, or I should say, retire a truck? I hope if the if your existing truck, and I, I love what these gentlemen are saying, they they kind of draw a line in the sand and say we're retiring it. But a lot of times, uh, business owners don't have that opportunity. They just have to ride it out as long as they can, sure. pardon the pun. And <laughs> and so, um, but once your automobile starts costing you uh, through breakdowns, because remember, it's not just the repairs, the expensive repairs. Sure. If have a backup truck, which I have heard these gentlemen talk about, then that truck is down. So yeah. you're turning revenue away. So that becomes an issue. Um, you, what's the other thing? Oh, we were talking about, so that's automobile, a little something I have to add. Facility. Uh, facility. So many, many, many of our members do not own their sure. a right? Which if you do, that's great. Um, but if, if you don't, you definitely remember, typically you can if you own a, a vehicle, if you own a facility, a building, you know, you are right. If you're going to build it, both of you gentlemen, you're, you need to build it looking into the future. And yes, yep. it might be a little bit much today, but you, it's yours. You own it. You, if you rent, you can always go ahead and cancel the lease and find something bigger and better. And so I'm always talking about, you know, leasing. Let's be reasonable. If you're just leasing something, um, Let's 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 not lease the Taj Mahal. We don't need the Taj Mahal right now, especially yeah, yeah. the company's 
that are that are in the process of a smaller company that's trying to grow. Let's focus yeah. more on just having a place for you to put your stuff, so to speak. Let's get your company growing, and then we'll get you into a bigger and nicer building. But once sure. you're at the point where you can afford your own building, that's exciting. That's a, that's sure. an exciting way. How, how much though is is too much to buy? You know, I, I know we've got a lot of uh, you know, you're an owner, you're an ambitious person, and but there's a there's a there's a opportunity to get up too too far ahead of your skis there, right? So what is there a safe space that you should be earmarking in terms of your budget and what what you can afford for a facility? Are you talking to me or one of the gentlemen? Patty, for you, Patty, when you when you're working with people. Right, right. So remember, you know, when you when you set your price for your customer, your price includes all the costs of doing business, and then something's left over called net profit, right? For you. <laughs> so so you know you have to you have to remember if you are at a, a certain level of company and you want to build the really big building, looking into the future. You're paying for it now and not necessarily needing it. So you have to be careful, you know, you're going to pass it to the customer. What's your sure. price going to be? So, so that's why your rent or your lease uh, expense on your PL when you own is typically a little bit higher as a percentage of expense income than if you just rent. Uh, is there a dollar amount? No, there's not a, I mean, whatever you can afford. Um, and one knows what they can truly afford cash you know, regarding your, your cash flow. But yeah. again, if you build the Taj Mahal, I'm not sure how much of that, and maybe these two gentlemen can comment on that, how much of that, and I exaggerate when I say Taj Mahal, okay? I'm just impressed that it's a very expensive building. Um, sure. That can you really pass on to your customer? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe these two gentlemen are comfortable yeah. to answer that question and have had experience. Ryan, when you built that new facility, I mean, how, how, was your, how long did you think you were going to be there? And you know, I think that helps drive that, that decision a bit on how much to spend, right? So this is uh this is we actually rent this one. We oh, we were in the process. This. Yeah, we were in the process of building and then the pandemic hit, so we pulled back and rented oh, a Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean I guess that's good in them one way because you you have grown it already. So Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Very good. All right. You know, um we're 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 getting running out of time here. Wanna wrap this up in a minute. Uh let's talk about net profit. What do you guys this Real simple question. What do you guys typically budget for? You hit, hope you hit 15 or 20%. Ryan, how about you guys? Uh, I helped at 15 on the low side. Um, yeah. This year, we, we budgeted for 10 just because of the uh, burden. But uh, 15 to you know 20 was the last few years historically. Yeah. Um, you know, between 18 and 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brent, how about you guys? What do you traditionally budget for? Man, Bob, I didn't know if you were going to ask that question. I brought my 22 budget with me. So we're we're go. budgeted for 15.8% um, net. There you go. To the decimal. I like it. Good yeah. for you. That's wonderful. Just kind of a wrapping up. When you guys build your budgets, um, you know, how do you bring those to your managers and your teams and talk about, hey, this is what we're going to hope to do in, in 2022? Is there a process or a meeting for that? Or is that kind of? You just kind of keep it under wraps and make sure everyone's kind of focused on what they, they're doing. So, Ryan, how yeah, about I, I throw that to you? Or Brent, go ahead, whoever. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> we, um, we, have a, yeah, we have what we call a key three uh, meeting. Uh, it's uh, Vinny, the owner, John, our service manager, myself, and now um, our HVAC manager. Yeah. And we sit down and really go through line by line what we're looking to do, what each department should be doing, um, where the growth uh, potential is. 
Uh, we yeah. we try to do that every single year to make sure that you know it's done. Okay, very good. Brian, Brian, what were you gonna say? Well, I I heard the entire seminar, but I was only able to speak maybe the last forty five minutes. But I heard you guys talking about what do you do and when do you start your budget. I do my own base budget right at the um, All Star break for baseball, oh. and, and that's when I start my budget. Um, I do a baseline budget, and then what we do is our managers build the budget from a zero base. So they need about five or six components from history and they do the truck and staffing. They fill those boxes in and it, and it chokes out the gross margin budget. And then we build our SCNA from that. So they own it from the time they create. Now they owe that to me by October one, but the number I gave you was for my base budget. So we start at the team lead level and they do their org chart and staffing. We don't ask them to hit a number. We ask them to build their staffing first. Okay. And, and when I say zero-based budgeting, it chokes out the number. And then we start a conversation about, are we going to do something strategic to increase growth? Or do we need to uh, look at what our average ticket is? Is that realistic? So I'm looking at all those numbers with them say, hey, I know you want to get this number, but, but your average ticket doesn't support that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. That's great insight. Wonderful. Great. Well, everyone, thank you. I just got a couple questions from uh, from everyone watching. Uh, this is directed to you, Patty. Uh, this is from uh, this was a team from Facebook, actually, from Nancy. Uh, we're under a million dollars in revenue. Why do you recommend accrual versus cash account? Well, that's another seminar. <laughs> but, um, um, I'll, I'll give it to you in a nutshell, but Nancy, give me a call and we can have a much lengthier conversation about this. You want to, you need to manage your books where well, you're building your budget on a court, right? You're saying this is this month I'm bringing in X amount of dollars and here are all of my expenses that are associated in that month that go with that revenue. So basically that's cruel, right? So you have to manage your books on a cruel too, if you're going to identify if you're meeting and meeting uh and your your budget your budget numbers so cash is basically recognizing revenue when it comes in the door and expenses when the money goes out the door accrual is recognizing revenue when it's earned and expenses when they're incurred yeah. night and day and accrual if you're not on accrual you're never going to be able to identify if you're actual if you're on budget with your actual right right very good i figured that would be you would I teed that up for for you, Patty. So, but yes, please call Patty if you have further uh, questions. All right, uh, another question: Did Patty say that November first or thirty first? I'm assuming that means as to when you should have your budget built by. So, or, or when you at least have your budget built by. Right. So we needed the first draft, and it varied. Sometimes it depended on what was going on in our world in that particular in that particular year. But definitely, yeah. you you want to have. Your first draft was by the end of October, 1st of November, and then have everything solid by the end of November so that December, think about it. December is a really uh, unusual month as far as the work goes. Everyone's taking vacations. There's these holidays. There's this festive mood in the office and among our people. And just it's just more difficult to stay focused on business in December. So get it done by December 1st, so you don't have to think about it through that great month of December when everyone's feeling uh, right. 
good and excited about Christmas right around the corner. Very good. Okay, last question. I think we brought it up earlier, but it doesn't hurt for everyone to, to share it real quickly. Uh, someone asked, how many years back do you go to create your budget? Uh, I think I heard a couple years. Right, Ryan, you said a couple years, two years. Brent, what are you, how about you guys? We, we typically don't go back any further than two years. One, two years. Okay, very good. Patty, about the same when you talk? Yep, absolutely. Very good. All right. I think that's uh, all of our questions. Thank you, uh, Ryan, Brent, Patty. Really appreciate your time, especially, you know, still kind of hot months going on in, in your markets, probably. You've got plenty of other things to do. Really appreciate all your time. Thank you for everyone. That's Brent Garrett from Sirius Plumbing and Air Conditioning in Dallas, Texas, Ryan Kerasey from Tingley Home Services in Natick, Massachusetts, and Patty Myers from Success Group International on budgeting and strategic planning. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's show, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, leave us a five-star review, and please Join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we will continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in the residential contracting space. This is The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Arzell HVAC Zoning Technology. Arzell has been producing innovative zoning systems for over 35 years. We manufacture the highest quality HVAC zoning equipment from our factory in Cleveland, Ohio. Innovation, customer service, and outstanding products backed by a lifetime warranty are why so many contractors only use Arzell Zoning. We offer easy-to-install solutions from a basic two-zone system all the way up to the most difficult zoning applications. For more information, go to arzellzoning.com or contact Annette Justice at annette at arzellzoning.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.